Welcome to Third World Living, and today we have an interesting topic, and I'm going to tell you, I'm jumping right into it. Our quote for today is, I prayed for 20 years, but received no answer until I prayed with my legs. This is from Frederick Douglass, and this says so much about the black community, especially our topic for today. And what that basically says is, I prayed for 20 years, but received no prayer, prayer, no answer until I prayed with my legs. He didn't receive any answer till he started working himself. I am tired tired of looking on social media and seeing black people wanting to hand out from from a system that's not meant for us and we all know it's not meant for us stop praying for us stop praying for uh uh uh, uh answer a uh, help uh refuge stop sending sos signals change it yourself change yourself start working for your own community black people are the biggest consumers in the united states women biggest consumers in the united states Start using what you consume and put it in back inside your neighborhood. But everybody already said that. I'm speaking, you know, on deaf areas if I say that. So let me say this. Change where you are. And change who you are. Or better yet, don't change who you are. And use that to change where you are. Use what you've learned from your neighborhood, what you felt from your neighborhood, the pain and agony that you had to go through in your neighborhood. And use that to change your neighborhood to make sure nobody else feels that way. Connect with people. Stop feeling like I can't speak with this person or I can't speak with that person. This girl is this. This girl is that. Stop putting people down inside your neighborhood. You live there. You live there. Build with the people in there. Fix your relationships. Understand yourself. These black people that are becoming successful, psychologists, go back to your neighborhood. They need you the most. What are you doing in the suburban school? They don't need you. They don't. They have their parents giving them unconditional love on a psychology level. We have unsecure attachments as black people in the hood. We are fearful of our environment. I'm not sure if you've seen unsecure attachments or um, or secure attachments, but if you haven't, look it up on YouTube. Kids with unsecure attachments, when their parents leave the room, they scramble, they cry. They're looking for an answer. They feel distrustful of their environment, of people around them. Secure secure attachment, when their parents leave the room, they're okay. They interact with different things. They barely notice it for a little while. <clears throat> Suburban neighborhoods, they have secure attachments. They don't really... They aren't they aren't bothered by their neighborhood. They can live without the catalyst of their or without the without the people who the pillars of their neighborhood or of their life because they was brought up the right way. Black people have unsecure attachments. It was no stability in our homes. We can't live the same. When we're left alone, we in defensive mode, we're in survival mode. But that's just the intro. Let's get inside the episode. Um, the advertisement comes up next, I believe. Um, the quote, I mean, or the the today's episode name is probably going to be how black people hurt black people more than any other ethnicity or any other system in this country. Um, I'm not sure how it is worldwide, so I can't speak on it worldwide. But um, yeah, I feel like this might be have potential for one of the best episodes it's real informative is real like thought-provoking and yeah i hope y'all appreciate today's episode leave comments leave claps leave um messages on my instagram gmail snapchat um spotify leave likes you know however you read this just you know 
tune in. I appreciate everybody that's been listening so far and everybody that has sent comments and feedback. It's hard being black. Truly, it is. Dealing with racism, dealing with the police, dealing with a system that's just not meant for us in general. But the hardest part of being black is dealing with our own black people. And before you become an abolitionist to my words, carefully listen, because there is a message. And I hope the message that is sent gets delivered to the mind and inspire hope for one of the greatest living entities that ever lived, the black person. Now, I should speak on some of the things that I mentioned earlier, not that they haven't been mentioned before, but just to remind people who continue to turn a blind eye. Because me personally, I no longer look at racism as blatant disrespect. But I tell you, as a black man, I witnessed that, too. I've been looked at not only by white people, but by other ethnicities as if I were a threat before they even got to know my name. Literally, I have had a white man run out of a store because he was threatened by my presence. And it's truly the truth when I tell you, as us younger generations, we are not our ancestors. We don't play that shit. But outside of a few racist moments in my life, one thing that hurts me more as a black man is the police. Since I was a kid, I was taught never to trust them. If there was a violent dispute in my home, it had to be figured out by us, the members of the family. If I felt like there was a violent crime on the brink of happening in my neighborhood, I was supposed to keep my mouth closed and turn my eyes. I understood why after a few runs in the police myself. Most of you may not expect this of me, but in sixth grade, I was locked up on an assault charge that was thrown away after spending 11 days locked up in a juvenile home. A few weeks later, as me and my sister were waiting for our younger brothers to get out of school so we all can walk home, a fight broke out and they started telling students they had to leave in order to protect the younger kids. Me and my sister personally knew the principal of the school and he personally gave us permission to stay outside of the school grounds to pick up our siblings. Then 12 came and me and my sisters were placed in holding and it was the same officer who arrested me the first time. What are the chances that out of 50 students, one of the four students that were locked up were actually one of the few students given permission to actually be there? And what are the chances that I'd be arrested for the second time by the same officer weeks later? If the message wasn't sent that I was a threat then, then maybe this would have sent it. I will watch that same officer patrol my block after those incidents. It showed me that I was perceived as a threat before that man could even understand who I was. What my name was but I won't speak for all officers because I will admit there was a time where my actions was perceived as wrong and I could have been in a lot of trouble and yet it was the great negotiation and problem solving skills of a female officer who was black by the way that worked me and the third party through that situation and she did a wonderful job at her job but finally I wanted to address the system that we were forced into I was told from a middle school teacher that I would be dead or in jail and that he'll see me at my funeral before I turn 18. A middle school kid that didn't have a complete concept of the world that he lives in was told he'll be in jail or dead by the same entity that was supposed to promote my upbringing as a student in society. He was black, by the way. But I also had a white teacher say that she could no longer teach black kids because they didn't want to learn. Kids in the worst part of my city. Kids that don't know when they're going to eat outside of school. That has weapons being fronted in their face every day. That has to make money out on the streets because their family can't support themselves. The problem is the system is hiring teachers that don't see the potential in the children and expect the children to see it in themselves. Who are they getting taught this by? The father that's not there? The mother that's working? The teacher that's basically telling the kid you're a paycheck and that they're wasting their time. 
you know what? I got it. How about the quote unquote street thug? The ones that keep the kids motivated constantly by giving him or her money. When a child needs something from the store because the child family didn't have enough money. Or that same street thugs that appear at the kid game telling them, yo, youngin, you had a good game. You're going to be something. Oh, y'all didn't know about that, did y'all? Because all y'all get read is the narrative that movies print out for you. You haven't had any real experience inside the hood to be able to understand that these same people that you look at as street thugs, they aren't street thugs. They is what keep the neighborhood moving. Me and you both know, as either growing adult or whether you are an adult, that kids have no problem asking what's on their mind. If a kid is hungry, he's going to ask somebody that's been planted inside their neighborhood that they see getting money all the time. Yo, can I have a dollar? Can I have a dollar to go to the store to get something to eat? And that street thug is willingly going to give it to him to look out for a youngin that was probably in his position when he was younger. I think you might start to get the vision. That same street thug is that kid that was abandoned by the system. The only path that motivated him is the path that he followed. The path that fed him, the path that groomed him, the path that was at his games, not his mom, not his dad. That same street thug. That street thug is just a lost child. But that's the lost child that the system created. And now the system is, you know, destroying the character of that same street thug. Now, I just explained how other ethnicities look at black people as a threat. So you can't really escape your neighborhood without feeling self-conscious about yourself. When you go outside of your neighborhood, even when you're in your neighborhood, you get harassed by the police. The police is a dangerous entity for black people. We was taught not to trust them to begin with. We can't rely on them for help. So that answers your problem of how how crime is such a popular thing inside the black neighborhoods. Now, let's not even look at how crime is such a popular thing inside the black neighborhoods. Let's talk about who's supposed to be your support system. Who's supposed to teach you you can't get out? Your mom's at work. Your father's not there. Your father might not want to support you in the ways that you need to be supported. Your teachers are telling you you're not going to be shit, basically. Your neighborhood drug dealer, he supply you with money, come to your games, give you motivation, laugh and joke with you. You can hang around him if you need to. Well, all of these issues that you see rooted inside the neighborhood, you might think, all of these damages, how can black people hurt me is a question that might be lingering in every black mind that can hear my voice and I'll tell you loud and clear, you act like a nigga. Now again, my words are strong, but listen before you act because I never said you were a nigga. I just said you act like one. And that's not a word that was created by us, so it shouldn't be used for us. And hopefully if you hold to my words, you'll be lifted out of the light that they sold you and embrace your darkness because black is beautiful. And as black people, we are given a stigma that we have to fully embrace blindly. That's that we're ignorant. That we don't know any better. That we can't do any better. And we can. Black people embrace this toxicity that's been spread all over the internet and nobody has a problem with it. Because the black people have a lot to offer. I went inside of a library back then. I went inside of a clothing store back then. I asked them, how do they view American people? These were people from India. Um, I forgot where the other person was from, but at the Middle East, I believe. My Middle Eastern friend, Amen.
When I ask these people, what's the difference when you come to America? The answer is always the same. No culture. Black people have culture. Black people came from a place rich of culture, lost their culture, and created a new culture. The blues. Rap music. Rap music didn't exist until 1980, I believe. That's culture. This this culture of playing basketball, black people being athletes, that's culture. Cookouts, culture. We are so rich in culture. The food that we cook, culture. Baked macaroni and cheese. Where did you find that at before black people? Most people still don't know what that is. That's culture. Black people aren't supposed to be subjected to that identity that there is no culture in America. We leave that to the other people that's here. And I'm not spreading any names, but you can leave that up to your your imagination who I'm talking about. Black people have culture that they don't embrace. And when they do embrace it, it's in the worst possible light. When black people embrace other cultures, they get shunned and disrespected by other black people. You're a black person that wants to listen to white music. You can't. Black people like to identify people that has helped us through the struggle. But what about the people that has has created a renaissance for us? Everyone knows Malcolm X. Everybody knows Martin Luther King. Where's the people that know Mr. Muggsy? Where? Those people are shunned inside of our community. Those people that created new, new, new areas for us. Langston Hughes. He is known and he is known within the black community. By people who are educated. If you're not educated, you don't know Langston Hughes. You don't know that Langston Hughes talked about talked about the difficulties of the black man as a man in general, as a person. Hold fast to dreams before dreams die. Life is a broken winged bird that cannot fly. Hold fast to dreams before dreams go. Life is a frozen field burning with snow. Bearing the snow. You don't understand these things as a person until you fully embrace yourself in it. But you can't embrace yourself in it because black people hold you down. We embrace being a nigga. And we're not. We're renaissance. We had our culture stolen from us once, twice. And yet we still have a culture to live on. Curly, kinky hair, braids, braids. Where do you think braids came from? But now you'll rather get the weave because that's what's popular now. And this is this is a generalization, but uh, not even a generalization. But this is me speaking about other cultures. But white girls got braids now and y'all get offensive over that. But a black girl won't dare to wear, wear her natural hair and braids. She need that Indian hair. To have that white appeal. Black girls won't dare to look for a queen inside his neighborhood. He need that white girl once he get educated. Our educated black men are leaving our community to go live in the suburbs. What's there for you? The woods? Animals? Is that what you want to be around? Did you forget the upbringing that you had as a black man in society? Did you forget that you didn't have an education? A proper education? Did you forget to give back? You forgot that you forgot the struggle that you grew up in. You don't want to help the people that 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 went up was brought up in the same struggle that you were. That no longer is appealing to you. That's a problem in our neighborhood. That's acting like a nigga and fitting into identities that we didn't bring in ourselves. We were in the identity of being popping. 
any group, any ethnic group that spend time with black people will say that they love them. Absolutely love them. But when you spend time with niggas, when you spend time with niggas, you don't want to be associated with that. You don't want to be associated with the hood. You don't want to be associated in that trap. Stop identifying yourselves as niggas. And I'm not speaking for everybody. I'm speaking for the people that know know exactly what I'm talking about. Stop identifying as these niggas, this identity that they placed on you. Start embracing your blackness. Start embracing who you're supposed to be, a culture creator. Start embracing that popping that you got within yourself. That catalyst for change. Risking everything that you got to change everything that you didn't have for younger people. Start using your voice. Start doing more for your community that you want to forget about because it wasn't as nice to you. Why wasn't it as nice to you? Change those things. Become the change that you need to see inside your black community because right now you're hurting yourself by becoming toxic, by creating fights. And again, if you're not black or if you haven't grown up in these neighborhoods, you don't understand it. But why would you promote your homeboy to fight another homeboy? Because you want five minutes to record? You couldn't tell them to make amends. You couldn't grab that same homie, grab four other friends and create a business of your own. My friend, Quatre, and Trey, in middle school, he was selling candy. He was selling candy. He had his hustle. He had his hustle. He is born to be a hustler. He is born to be more than what this, what this, what this society has taught him. Find those people. Connect with those people. Grow with those people. Stop trying to stray. When you become an educated black person, stop trying to stray away like you don't fit the narrative anymore. Like when people see you, they don't see this is still a black man. Stop trying to be a black man in a white body. Or a white man in a black body. Continue to embrace your blackness that you grew up with. You don't have to handle yourself the same way because you aren't the same. You truly change when you went to college, when you got educated, when you started hanging around different people that can, you know, move bigger. But now that you change, show other people how to make that same change. Be different. Don't be, quote unquote, a coon, whatever that's supposed to mean. Be a leader. Black people that's inside the neighborhood don't stick to the system that I gotta be a a a, a trapper, a real nigga, a thug. You're not. Some of the people that's stuck inside the hood are the most creative, most talented people. Embrace your talent. Show people your talent. Show people your potential. You gonna sit there and let your potential die? For what? A nine to five on the streets? Working against the police? The police we already told not to trust. Now you're going to put yourself in a position where they can get you? Instead of embracing your talents? What can you do? You're great at motivating. Go motivate a person. Get your degree in communication. Don't even get your degree in communications. Start preaching at your schools that you used to go to. Teach them how to be better. Let those schools get you up to a different school. Start connecting with your people. Be different. Be different because as black people, I'm tired. I'm tired of the same old shit being stuck inside of an identity. As you see my growth over these next few years, I truly 
especially the people that tune in now that's known me for years or the people that, you know, is just seeing me from now. See how I remain a black man that promotes leadership and wealth into different communities of not only black people. For me, it's different. Not only black people, but for people that can relate to the struggle that I grew up in. Watch how I stay the same black man. You won't see me inside a suit talking proper. You'll see me speaking the same lingo that I'm speaking right now. Because I won't change my identity, but at the same time, I will change everything around me. Be different. This is Third World Living Podcast. And this episode is a little different. But this is the voice of the enlightened. And I truly needed to get this off of my mind because I, I'm tired. I'm tired of it. I hope you lived a lot today. Learned a little. Next episode, we'll be talking about something a little bit different. I'm not sure what it's going to be yet. But next episode, we'll be talking about something a little bit different. Um, After I finish my 11 episodes, anybody that knows me knows everything is 11 in my life. After I finish my 11 episodes for this season, I will create a new season. A new season will talk about brand new different things. Um, I have a little a little different in cultural topics. Um, one thing that I look forward to talking to is the holes versus thoughts conversation. And that's probably one of my favorite talks. Um, I'm going to be a little more upbeat. It's not going to be straight facts. When I launch the new season, it's going to be some some, um, you know, some interesting topics, some topics, me just talking, ranting um, recently. Um, molecules recently, I was on the episode with my friend and it's molecules of Brie, I believe if you could check that out, that'd be good. I will probably put post her link up inside my, my, um, my, um, my, you know, post it up on my profiles and hopefully you could tune into that. It was a real good conversation. We went on for a little minute. It was decent though. You got to understand a lot. Um, to finish off the season, I will talk about a few more things. Um, but yeah, please leave feedback. Tell me how you felt about this episode. Where are do you stand inside that topic? If you were a person that's not black, how do you view this? And this, I mean, looking at it, it's, it's a thing that could go with all cultures. But I'm just speaking on the black culture because I understand it. The black culture from the from the hood. Because I can understand it. I can't speak on all cultures. Maybe you feel similar about yours, but... That's just me. Um, so how do you relate to it? How do you feel about it? Let me know your opinions. Let me know how you, you know, how you took that message. I appreciate all of y'all. Thanks for tuning into Third World Living. Also, I will be making new Third World Living t-shirts to support my nonprofit organization. I finally got that off the ground. That is legally mine now. Um if you're interested in getting a third world living t-shirt, I will start posting the design soon. And you can get those to support the vision. The third world living t-shirts. One thing I really want to do is get to um, sending food over to places of need. Um, Africa is a really good um, place, but it's a lot of um, it's a lot of places in specific. I want to donate school supplies to kids in Tanzania, the worst education system in the world. Um, um, the places is not kicking in my head right now. But yes, a lot of places I want to do a lot of charity work for. So once I do post these shirts up, please, if you got it or if you want to be a part of something greater, please, you know, 
get a shirt. I wanted to sell a shirt, sell shirts instead of just asking for donations because that way you profit. Um, you get to have your thing right up front, face to face, and also you get to see how it makes a change. I'll be posting, you know, if I have a hundred dollars off of making shirts, I'll post those hundred dollars, you know, what they went towards, so you can see how your contributions has helped. But I really do appreciate everybody that tuned in and everybody that you know has supported the vision. Um, come back for the next episode. We got a few more episodes and then we gonna, you know, do a 180. Um, tell me what y'all want to see. And thanks for tuning in to Third World Living.